Hi everyone, I'm Snahara and welcome to the Black Girl's Guide to Fertility podcast. This show is for all women who are dealing with infertility, but it's specifically dedicated to black women because we have a problem with opening up when it comes to this issue. And I don't want to leave out the men, you guys are welcome here too. On today's episode, I'm going to be speaking with Amy Beckley, an infertility veteran and scientist who discovered how to heal herself and build a family. The journey. So I'm so excited to have you here, Amy. And if you would just talk about your fertility journey and what you went through just trying to get your children here and just everything that you encountered on your journey. Yeah. So I did not have a good journey. It didn't yeah. end well. So I do have that. <laughs> So I have a PhD in pharmacology and I had been studying hormone signaling as my career. And I've just been a scientist kind of my whole life. And, you know, we, we got married and got a job and bought the house with the two extra rooms to feel, you know, fill and, and got the dog and like, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole nine, you know, researched all the houses in the school districts because, you know, you know, little Johnny was going to go to school at, Mm -hmm. you know, all that (laughs) stuff. Right. And then, you know, Harry, I'm thinking on this channel, this educated woman, you know, how hard could this be? Yeah. It was very hard. (laughs) yeah you know coming off birth control Mm -hmm. you know just tracked my cycle Mm -hmm. and you know used all the tools that were available to me so like the ovulation tests and the temperature monitoring and I just I it wasn't happening it wasn't happening wasn't happening and I'd say about four or five months into my journey I went to a physician and I said hey I just don't think I'm ovulating like these charts are really weird like I just don't Mm -hmm. you know everything you look on google it's like this isn't doesn't look right. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, you know, you're young. You, you know, you're Mm -hmm. only 28. You haven't tried long Mm -hmm. enough. You're not just go back and try. And so I went back and tried and Mm -hmm. about our sixth or seventh month trying, we got that positive pregnancy test. Okay. And it was around my birthday. And so it was my birthday Mm -hmm. present. And then my birthday's in April and so early May is Mother's Day, and we celebrated our first Mother's mm-hmm. Day. Got yeah. up from lunch and a big gush of of you know what? Wow! <laughs> and mm. that was my first miscarriage. Wow! Um, and I, I, I was like, well, okay, well, this at least a silver lining is I mm-hmm. can now go back to my doctor and say, all right, I had a miscarriage. You know, mm-hmm. please help me. Yeah. No, they said, you know, it's, it happens, you know, one out of, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, 25% of pregnancies end in loss. It's just Mm -hmm. what it happens. Go back and try again. And so I just felt very alone, you know, like Mm, doctors and just didn't want to hear what I had to say. They were saying they weren't helping. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's just no resources other than, yeah just go back and try. Yeah. (laughs) So I had, you know, a couple more losses, finally got to that 12 month mark and got the referral to the reproductive endocrinologist in town. Mm -hmm. Um, They did all the testing. Everything came back beautiful. I was Mm -hmm. unexplained infertile. That was my official diagnosis. Um, Mm. (laughs) And, you know, because you are, you're unexplained, 
it was, all right, well, you know, we don't know what's wrong with you. So really the best chance at conception is, is IVF in vitro. Yeah. Like, don't you love that? (laughs) Right. Right. No explanation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was hard. It's hard when you're a scientist and you're out there trying to explain things. Yeah. Do you want answers? Yeah. 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 So you have no answers and then you're given this treatment pathway that's you know, savings account draining. It's very expensive. Yeah, very expensive. Yeah. So we went through a couple rounds of IVF. Um, the second round, um, we were successful and I have a 12 year old son as a, as a result. Yeah. 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 When he was about two, I turned to my husband and said, yep, I know I'm crazy, but (laughs) it is time for number two. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But this time I walked into the reproductive endocrinologist and I had conversations. I was like, look, I am not doing IVF again. We are going to figure out taxing on the body. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let's figure this out. Like what is going on? So series of, of conversations with him. You know, the theory was I was able to get pregnant, but I would lose the pregnancies and going back to my charts and like my symptoms, I just, I would spot after ovulation. I had really short cycles. I had headaches a lot. I would, you know, lose pregnancies very early on, you know, a couple Mm -hmm. days, week, two weeks of of positive pregnancy tests, and then I'd lose it. Mm -hmm. And so it pointed towards a deficiency in a hormone called progesterone. Did you find this out on your own or was this to going back and forth to the doctor or were you just doing self-research? Like I'm going to figure this out. Yeah. It was me doing research and then bringing the research to the doctor. To the doctor. To say, <laughs> okay. How is this? Is this medically valid? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And so the reason I came up with this theory is I, I didn't have enough progesterone is that during IVF, which is the one time it worked, I was given progesterone the entire yeah. time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, can I just have that progesterone part, but not do the IVF part? Yeah. And he's like, well, you know, you make your body makes progesterone. If it's not making enough, you get extra progesterone. There's no harm in that. Like, mm-hmm. sure, let's do it. And so we did it. We tried naturally. And I just had that mm-hmm. support after ovulation with the the progesterone. And within, I kid you not, two cycles, pregnant stayed pregnant. Wow. That is my nine-year-old daughter. Wow. That's amazing. Ovulating. So going through that process, at what point, you know, you're dealing with the ovulation factor, at what point do you start to develop your product to help other women who have issues with ovulating and to track their ovulation? At what point do you say, okay, this is obviously, I went through this, but I also want to help other people. Yeah. So every year in April, there's National Infertility Awareness Week. Mm-hmm. When I was you know, pregnant with my daughter and had my daughter, I just came out on social media and said, hey, I've been dealing, I'm one in eight. I've been dealing with this. This is my mm-hmm. story. And I'd never come out of the closet before. And mm-hmm. I was flooded by so many of my friends what did you do? I'm dealing with this too. And I just, I hadn't realized that it was such a big issue. And so many people were stuck in a place that, that I was in, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, through a series of helping, you know, them individually talk to their doctors and have better conversations and help them get pregnant. You know, mm-hmm. one day, one of my friends, you know, had also gone through IVF to get her son 
called me up and she's like, we got to do something about this. We got to mm-hmm. make a test that helps monitor mm-hmm. progesterone levels after ovulation. Yeah. Help understand if there's ovulation issues so that mm-hmm. we can, you know, take this undiagnosed condition and, and mm-hmm. start getting to those diagnoses and getting to those treatments. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of how it started. You know, we, here we are, just two scientists that had spent mm-hmm. all their money on IVF. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we weren't anybody famous, you know. <laughs> so we did a crowdfunding campaign and just said, okay. you know, here's our idea. We want to make this test that's available, you know, over the counter that anybody could buy and get this knowledge. Mm-hmm. If we made it, would you buy it? And that was a simple yeah. question. And mm-hmm. we got enough. We raised enough money by women. And wow. so we, we made it and they kept buying it. And so we made more and they kept buying it yeah. and you know, <laughs> making more. <laughs> That's just kind of how it started. And now you're to the point where I know it's FDA approved. How did you get to that point with getting women interested, which we know plenty of women have fertility issues, but then getting that approval? That's a big deal. Yeah. So, so for our class, it's actually called FDA clearance. Same okay. thing as like a pregnancy test. Mm-hmm. FDA approval is really limited to things like life-saving, like heart valves and pacemakers. Got it. Okay. So just, but yeah, we, we were a tool that were helping couples advocate to physicians. And then we came to the, the, the realization that physicians didn't know who we were or what it was and that we had to go and you know, no pun intended, prove Mm -hmm. (laughs) that it was a good technology that was accurate, that women could use it, that it's clinically Mm -hmm. validated, that could increase pregnancy rates. And so we went through the FDA clearance process and showed the FDA and they reviewed it and they said it was, you know, safe and effective for the intended use. Mm -hmm. We'd have done many clinical studies um, because it's important that everybody knows the data associated with it. You know, we just did a clinical study the other uh, last year, where if women didn't had low PDG, which is the the urine metabolite of progesterone, so the urine marker mm-hmm. of progesterone that we measure after ovulation, her miscarriage rate is almost ninety percent. Wow! Whereas if she has high PDG levels after ovulation, that miscarriage mm-hmm. rate drops to about fourteen percent. Mm-hmm. And so, so I wonder why doctors are not testing for these things, you know, aside from saying, oh, this happens, you know, go home, try again. Why are they not testing for these things and doing the prevention like you did? Um, Yeah. So in my particular case, they do what's called a cycle day 21 blood draw to confirm mm -hmm. ovulation. And that's, Mm -hmm. should be seven days after you ovulate. If you have a Perfect textbook cycle, like 14% of women have, (laughs) that falls on cycle day 21. Yeah. (laughs) But all of those those labs basically said, yes, you are ovulating. And that's why, you know, a problem with ovulation, like a a bad ovulation or a weak ovulation or ovulatory dysfunction, there was no good diagnostic test. It was either yes or no. And Mm. what we've defined is that ovulation is not yes or no. Ovulation is release of the egg plus preparing the uterus for implantation through Mm -hmm. that sustained progesterone production of of the ovary. And that's when you have the highest level of conception, the highest pregnancy rates. 
Yeah. And so we've just basically helped them define, you know, it's not black and white. There's this gray area. And, you know, how do you identify these, these gray area women and, and help them to have a higher chance at, at conception and pregnancy? Pregnancy and budget. Let's talk about budget. We know how expensive it is when you're going through IVF and trying to have a baby and going through, you know, that whole process. What is the process like if someone just kind of wants to start with tracking their ovulation and they go to your site, they buy your product, walk us through that a little bit and just talk about the budget and how it's more effective for them to probably go this route versus trying to go straight to IVF. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we try to make our products affordable. Everything on our website is under a hundred dollars. And, you know, they've done studies where early testing leads to earlier intervention Mm -hmm. and lower treatment costs. And so, you know, typically if you were to go on our site and buy the test, realize you, you know, had a problem with ovulation, you could go to your OBGYN and ask for something like letrozole or Clomid or luteal phase mm-hmm. progesterone, which are typically covered under most health insurance plans mm-hmm. for like, you know, $10 copay, even the cash pay yeah. price is very cheap. So all in it's under two, $300 you know, per cycle treatment, which is hugely different than IVF, which is, you know, 30, you know, 20, $30,000 per per cycle. (laughs) Yeah. You know, people think, you know, when they, when they start out to conceive, it's exciting. It's fun. Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh my God, this is great. Mm -hmm. And then it slowly turns into, Oh my gosh, there's, there's something wrong. You know, what should I do? And I, I see a lot women are, using these free period trackers on their phones Mm -hmm. and it's telling them, Oh, you're in your fertile window. And then they time intercourse. And then it, it, once they go to the doctor, once they realize there's something wrong, they totally dismiss ovulatory issues because do you know what? They have a cycle and they've, their app told them they were in their fertile window and they timed intercourse. Mm-hmm. So it couldn't possibly be a problem with ovulation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or even using ovulation tests, just because mm-hmm. you have a positive ovulation test does not mean you actually ovulated and you have enough mm-hmm. progesterone to support pregnancy. Interesting. So, you know, so, so being too budget friendly and just using free tools can actually shoot you in the foot later because mm-hmm. you've missed an issue and you told your doctor, oh, no, I'm ovulating. I'm having intercourse in the fertile window. And so you could actually miss something so simple. Yeah. So I always try to caution women that, you know, you should spend a little bit at the beginning um, mm-hmm. because it's going to save you a lot in the, in the, in the back end. Exactly. And then how do, how do people... How do they find your product? Give us information, website, tell us the name of the product and how they find it. Uh, so the product is called Prove. You can find us online, provetest.com. So P-R-O-O-V test.com. We basically track for the common causes of female and male fertility. So we can track the female cycle 
as well as the male cycle. I mean, the male sperm, sorry, males don't have a cycle. Yeah, <laughs> um, the, the, yeah the modal sperm in the, in the male. But our goal is to really screen for up to 87% of the causes of infertility to kind of give couples a heads up on, okay, this could be an issue or, yep, we're all in the clear, we're good to go. We're also on Amazon. A lot of times, you know, you need to test, you need to test tomorrow. And so we try to make that available via Amazon Prime. And then we will be launching in Target very soon. So yeah, trying to make it accessible for women and our products are anywhere from, you know, $11 to $89. So (laughs) it just depends on affordable. Yes. Yes. What you need to know. This next question is probably a two for one. So one, share some tips um, for other people dealing with infertility and also share what other couples need to know before they start their pregnancy journey. Because some people just jump into it and then they're just disappointed when nothing's happening. But like, what tips would you offer before people even get started on the journey? So the biggest tip I would have is, is to have a good physician. A lot of times you get pushed away or you have a physician that doesn't really want to lean in and, and help. Um, I hear this a lot. So, you know, go out and interview different doctors, try a couple different things, write down your questions. When you go to those appointments, a lot of times Mm -hmm it's very overwhelming to, to actually get to that appointment. And then you just forget everything you're going to say and ask. Exactly. So bring it on a post-it note, write it in your note section, of your phone, grab, you know, take it out, read it word for word, get all your questions answered. The, the, the other thing I would say is, you know, follow your, follow your gut, follow your intuition. Mm-hmm. Typically women know couples know when there's an issue Mm -hmm. Um, I knew very early on that, that I had an issue. Like I could tell, like, just, it just doesn't look right. It doesn't, it doesn't feel right. And then be open and honest with your partner, Mm -hmm. get them involved, you know, sooner than later, whether, you know, you're, you know, need a donor sperm, donor egg, how many kids do you want? When do you want to have kids? At what point do you consider IVF? Is IVF totally off the table? You know, just kind of create a plan. Like, what are you willing to do? You know, if, if you had to do IVF or adopt, would you adopt instead Mm -hmm. of do IVF? Like, you know, just kind of, you know, having that plan ahead of time, I think helps a lot, um, going through it. Absolutely. And then where can people find you on social media, Instagram, Facebook, let us know your details. Yeah. So all of our accounts are under proved tests. So P R O O V T-E-S-T, so, you know, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, Facebook. We do have a really, really amazing Facebook community. It's over 10,000 women that really just support each other in Mm -hmm. everything. They're very knowledgeable. They're very supportive. We monitor it. We make sure there's no bad people that get in there. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Having a community, having a support system is also another tip or piece of advice I would give. Whether, you know, you want to have a community in real life, whether you want to tell your real Mm -hmm. friends, your your family about what you're going through, or you want Mm -hmm. to be anonymous and have online friends and build an online community, 
you know, having somebody to talk to and bounce ideas off of is really important. I would say that very, be cautious on the kind of community you go into because some of the communities can't offer very good advice. I mean, the, the best ones are the ones that are saying, oh, you should do vaginal steaming or yoni pearls <laughs> or like voodoo weird yeah, rituals. Exactly. Crystals out, You're like, you know? no. <laughs> yeah, like, this is not helpful. Exactly. <laughs> like at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of snake oil out there too. So you yeah. just be exactly. <laughs> use wisdom <laughs> yeah. when approaching these groups. And you also, I think you also on your site, you had doctors, are these doctors that people can talk to or ask questions or just for, are they fertility doctors? They were like a list of four doctors on your website. Yeah. Yeah. So that's our medical advisory board, but we do have a telehealth option. So we've partnered Mm -hmm. with a few fertility clinics. So no matter where you live in the U S if you get your approved results and it flags a potential issue and you walk into your OB and you say, I need help or your, you know, reproductive oncology, whoever, and they Mm -hmm. flat out say no, right. We have Mm -hmm. a resource for you. We want to get you the help that you need. And so we partner with these clinics that do things virtually. So, you know, silver lining of the pandemic that we went through is it made healthcare way more accessible. Yes. <laughs> and so these doctors, it definitely can, has. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They can treat infertility mm-hmm. online and they can ship you all your medications yeah. straight to your door. You don't even have to get mm-hmm. out of your pajamas anymore. <laughs> exactly. You don't have to drive an hour, two hours in traffic right. <laughs> trying to get to the doctor. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love it. I love it. I'm Sinhara, and thank you for listening to the Black Girl's Guide to Fertility podcast. You can stay connected with this movement on my website, Facebook, and on Instagram. And if you haven't already, please join my mailing list at blackgirlsguidetofertility.com and on sinharaeastman.com.